Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Fantastic Forum. Larry's not here, so I'll do my very like best um, knowing of Marvel impression of Larry. He's kind of condescending about when he knows things, right? Tire Claw, like, thank you for broadcasting. Thank you for making this happen. Like, I love you, but fuck you. If all you people listening uh, would each send a million dollars, like, we wouldn't have to work. So we could just talk to you once a week. You know, the weird thing that scares me about that Tiger Claw theory is Tiger Claw's X video search history. I haven't heard about this villain before. Tombstone? Yeah, he's another new villain. Tombstone. Tune in to Fantastic Forum Live Wednesday nights, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific on allgames.com. The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol, or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Its pulsating sounds penetrate deep into your ear canal to stimulate your cochlea in ways no other show can. This is your final warning. Still here? Then pour your favorite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Pretty cool, I got the keys ready to come in here with the music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh, no, you wanted to play Little Bean instead. Aquaman's a hero! What's better than number one looks like? I guarantee you blows the load like a shot. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum. Assemble, we are with you once again, coming out of all corners of the earth, like a bunch of fucking roaches, bringing you the week's news, reviews, gossip, and whatnot. We're here at allgames.com as usual, 6.30ish Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, we got a good show for you today. Larry's on his way, hopefully. He's been missing and... I've been practicing on my hosting, getting my energy level up, getting all this hajita, getting all this neuroses, just so that I can speak clearly into this mic that's in my face. But yeah, I digress. We got a good show for you today. We are brought to you by Jeffrey's Comics, LA and South Bay's premier comic book resource. And you get everything you need from back issues, toys, pop figures, 
Uh, they got a special deal for listeners. We do have to call them up and mention us, and they'll tell you what that is. Number is 310-538-3198. Tell them we sent you. I'd also like to thank the All Games community for giving us the opportunity to do this week in and week out with a little bit of censorship, but that can be fun. It's always good to have a little order amidst the chaos. Today, we're talking to you about Stranger Things number one, the comic book brought to you by the good people at Dark Horse Comics. It's a delightful romp through the upside down. I'll be reviewing that for you later. We also have Joe is here two days in a row who's going to bring you a review of Betty and Veronica Vixens, which should be a pretty good, interesting story. That Archie universe is really ramping up. They got the the Riverdale show that's a success. Sabrina's about to be coming out on Netflix. Look out for that. So I'm sure that story will be good. On the line, we have Tiger Claw, who's helping us broadcast today out of Hialeah, Florida, if that's a real place. Say hello, Tiger Claw. What's up? All the way from Hialeah. (laughs) Yeah. And on the line, we also have Joe. Hey, what's up? Aside from that, it's been a busy week. Uh, Last week, we reviewed um, Batman Damned from DC's Black Label imprint, which generated some controversy about the bat penis. You know, there was recalls and, and reprints and whatnot, and it's a whole mess. We'll probably bring you a little bit of that later. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I hear that there's a, a trailer debut tonight on some show or other. Yep, we're on the eve of the first official trailer for Dark Phoenix. Unfortunately, it will be airing during the late, late show with uh, James Corden. Yeah, does anybody, that's does anybody watch that show? No, nobody watches it. That's where it look. I'm willing to bet nobody really cares about this Dark Phoenix movie. Really, like I know Tyreek, you care about it because you care about bad movies. Joe, you you don't not really interested in that movie like that, are you? No, I'm I'm I I am interested in the New Mutants movie. Yeah, but not so much Dark Phoenix. And not yeah, that but, I'm against it, but mm-hmm. you know. It's going to come, and it'll go. I'm going to see I'm, it when I'm it gonna, out, but... I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because maybe, just maybe, there's a speck of hope that this movie will be way, way better than The Last Stand. I mean, anything is better than The Last Stand. Like, the original Punisher movie with Louis Gossett Jr. and Dolph Lundgren was better than The Last Stand. So you can see, as like you can see, were, you can see the bar that I'm raising right there, right? Oh, well, you're, you're lowering it. Yeah. No, 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 no. The the uh, on it. the you know dark. I mean, uh, the last stand had a very poor interpretation of the Dark Phoenix storyline, and mm-hmm. we're getting a movie that's going to be full on Dark Phoenix. So I'm really hoping for the best. The question. 
Well, I guess before I ask this question, I did forget to mention, if you go on Discord, search allgames.com, you'll get into our chat room. Or uh, if you go to allgames.com slash live, I believe it takes you into our chat room. Where you could chime in and tell us witty things you're thinking of. Like DC Nate right now saying, Womp, GK, was doing good. Lasted one or two more than me. I have no idea what he's talking about. He was before we went uh, on. They're talking but yeah, about no, HQ. All games chat. Yeah, it's, it's about HQ. Uh, yeah. Look. Yeah. Whatever it is. But you can talk about this. This is a question I want to pose to you on the line. You Tiger Claw. Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really like... The big question is... Does anybody care about these Fox X-Men movies that are just being put out to be put out at this point because it was just announced that Kevin Feige is going to be helming the Fox the the, the X-Men movies from here on out like these movies are are like they're they're just left over from the old administration and you know now we're going to get potentially MCU X-Men I think well, I uh, f- well, Kevin Feige was the producer of the first X Men movie, so I think I think it's in good hands. The I think first it's gonna one. Be fine. Well, yeah, he the did. He produced. One? Yeah, he was the producer of the first one. Right. Was he the producer of Last Stand? Uh, no, he he didn't produce the other X Men movies after the first. So that's he what was I'm saying. In that so one. it's like, yeah. But and, and you saw what he did for MCU. Like anything that that anything that Fox is doing that's left over for X Men. Like we're just trying to get over uh over this hump till we get to the good ones. A- am I uh I, am I mistaken in thinking that way, Joe? Like um no, that pretty much sounds right, except. Like I said, I am actually genuinely interested in that New Mutants movie. Yeah. But, but yeah, as far as, like, the X-Men, it's just, yeah, just, we're just waiting our time until I mean, the real ones start coming out. I'm giving, you know, I'm giving this one the benefit of the doubt because this is going to be Fox's swan song of an X-Men movie. They're going to have to I mean, pull all the all the stops, go all out with this one because after this one, everything's gonna be different. Yeah, but I, to me, it's like, why even bother? Like, I would can it, show, sell it to Netflix or something, and just well, they're still gonna make money off of it. They guess. Like, even though people don't care, they are really high-grossing films. They are so doing a ton of make, I do see why they're still going through with it, but there's no real reason for anyone to care about them except that it's excellent. I mean, they're and doing a ton of reshoots right too. now, and those he, reshoots well, are probably going to be for changing the ending or something. They've been doing reshoots on it for the last year. Yeah, because like, you know, with the whole Fox deal happening, they're gonna have to uh, yeah. make it be the very last movie. So all those reshoots are probably gonna be for that. 
they gotta. It'd be awesome if they went into like secret wars, like the universe is colliding. But nah, they can't do that because they'd have to do that in the MCU too. Yeah. Right. But we'll see how they go. I'm not, you know. I don't. Again, I I don't. I haven't even seen um, Days of the Future Past. Oh, that one's bad. You don't. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't. Like I would watch Apocalypse before I watch Days of Future Past. Oh wait, no, Apocalypse is the one I haven't seen. You saw? Oh, oh, then you saw. It's a lot better than Days of Future Past. Is it? Maybe I'll check it out. I mean. This of Future Past is like complete and absolute utter garbage. It would be hard for anything to be worse. Yeah. And my, at least that's how I see it. Like yeah. I think it's the worst X Men film. Like anything where they don't do that movie is an improvement in my book. Yeah. And you know, speaking of bad taste in your mouth for movies, like I feel the DC is kind of in the same boat where. Anything they do is like, with the exception of like Wonder Woman, is kind of like tainted going forward. You know, like they got they're basically getting rid of Batfleck. Uh, they they kind of got rid of Henry Cavill. Like it, it's it's just it, it's a weird thing where it's like now you got the Flashpoint movie that's going to be coming out and everything. That's still You're... left over from that, but now they got rid of the the person that was in charge of all that left, and now they got this Joker solo movie coming out. And and you, know, you did any of you guys got, what... get to see the? You heard about you guys what got happened. to get, get to see the? Hold on one sec. Did you guys get to see any of the Walking Phoenix footage as the Joker? I seen the. No, I haven't. I seen the 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 images where he's in clown. Yeah, makeup. I saw actual footage. I saw some actual footage, and yeah, uh, Joe, if you if you can look that shit up real quick, he looks like an amalgamation of every other Joker that we've seen. Oh, is that weird. is that and good they, or bad? Well. It's kind of bad because he ends up not looking like the Joker. He just looks like a like a homeless clown, <laughs> you know. And that that's my whole worry with the, making a Joker solo film is like, what are they gonna do with him? They've already, you know, we we saw the the white rapper, the was it the the SoundCloud rapper version of Joker in Suicide Squad, like. That's dumb. Now they're trying to give you this other version that may or, you know, I guess may not, is not part of that universe. Man, I, I, I read that David, I, I read that I David Ayer had to apologize for his version of the Joker having the damaged tattoo on his forehead. Uh, that He should apologize for more than just that, but <laughs> that's, you know. I don't I don't understand what a Joker solo movie is supposed to be. Like, um, you know, remember that episode of Batman the Animated Series? Was it the the day the laughter died or something? Where they show him when he was married to the chick, and he was a stand-up comedian, 
Kinda, yeah. Yeah, it's basically that. That's really what it's supposed to be. If anything, or, or if you don't do that, then you do something different where it's just him wreaking havoc without Batman there to stop him, which that scenario is very rare, and that would actually be, like, just fresh and new. Like, it'd be like, you know, you'd essentially make Saw, but not as dark. Yeah, how, you know? yeah. Like, how do you do a Joker better movie lighting? Without, how do you do a Joker movie yeah. without having the one thing that makes the Joker be a part of it? Yeah, basically, you you make it into like a horror movie, like Saw or Human Centipede, you know, just with Jokerisms, you know, because he it doesn't have to be like dark and gritty, but it can be like ultra violent, you know, like something along the lines of like a Clockwork Orange, or uh, or even like one of those serial killer movies, like was it Henry or Dahmer, you know, something like that. That's to me. That's the way I would go. I would make it kind of like a saw meets natural born killers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But make it okay. R-rated. But yeah. But what do I know? You know, I just like comics. Yeah. But I don't you know, know what Todd Phillips is doing. Like Todd Phillips, you know, is famous for those frat boy comedies that he basically derived from like eighties comedies, like Meatballs and Animal House. So we'll so, see. We'll see what he does. With this Joker. I don't know. Uh, maybe, I, I, maybe. Well, if he if his background is comedies, then there's there's probably going to be some humor in the movie. Some of that dark, twisted type of humor. Yeah. But you don't need the thing. Is Joker isn't just because he's the Joker. It's not. You, you, you see, people associate clowns with funny, and that's not the interesting part of clowns. The interesting part of clowns is the motivation to put on the makeup and what happens when they take it off like it's very um you know they say that comedians are the sad clowns because they're kind of tortured and everything they can't really live a normal life because they're always looking for material and things and and they have some neuroses and whatnot. And yeah, and, and so, some other you know yeah, the, the, some... the thing about the, the thing about the joke hold on the thing about the joker is that very like um you know you see the mask you see him laughing at you but inside he's in pain he's he's crazy he's not he's not trying to make people laugh he's laughing at people but he's really just making all this chaos and causing all this pain and suffering and for what reason like Todd Phillips I want him to answer why is the joker doing that you know you what know, I mean? Uh, and I don't comedians... think. I don't think. Uh, hold, on, hold on, I'm not. Hold on. I don't think. I'm not even putting this on top. Phillips. I don't think Warner's movies would think that far into the Joker to actually have that question even come up in any of like the writers' meetings, any of the executive meetings. I don't have faith in them to do that. Like comic book people barely even have that thought. You know what I mean? Mhm. Yeah. Now, right, as sorry, I, no okay. Now, as I was saying about comedians, uh, a lot of their material is usually based on their own personal lives. Like some right. of the bad stuff that happens to them, they make light of it in their stand-up. Right. It's self-deprecating, which is you know, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news right now where, you know, there's uh, the whole thing why women don't speak out against abuse earlier on. And part of it is that every time you bring it up, you're reliving trauma. You know what I mean? But you're yeah. looking at these stand-up comedians and they're reliving their trauma, you know, two, three times a night. You know what I mean? And that can't be seen. And that, that's what I liked about that car- that cartoon episode, the Joker the the Joker one it, it that I believe was actually uh, based on I, I think I want to say the killing joke or an aspect of the killing joke where Alan Moore kind of made the Joker gave the Joker an origin where he was like a stand-up comedian that didn't didn't fit didn't that wasn't didn't hit you know wasn't successful and then he turned to a life of crime to make some bills he had a nagging wife with a bratty kid and and you know he put on the red hood and and he got he got caught up i remember into the chemicals and yeah i remember a yeah. time when characters like these we didn't know what their origins were they were you know it was very mysterious and that was yeah the, the, the appeal that was the appeal to them you know like we don't know where they're from but now knowing their origins it's kind of you know hard to look, you know, get that same feeling of these characters when you already know where they come from. Well, and it's also one of those things where uh, it happens a lot in in movies and TV nowadays, where everything has to be explained. Like you can't leave things for people to think about. Or leave them with more questions at the end of a movie or, or a TV show. You know, even like if you watch a lot of newer movies compared to older movies, older movies had a lot more silence, more tracking shots, and more musical like score uh, to it. And you kind of piece the story together from what they show you. Whereas new movies, they're just constantly talking. The characters are constantly talking to the point that they're almost narrating the plot to you, almost like you're reading a novel out loud. And uh, I, I don't think, you know, I think that to that type of mentality craves a or, origin story or a mis or a lack of mystery, an uncovering of a mystery. Like, um, I mean, for example, you know, Wolverine's a prime example. Like he went like yeah. 35, 40 years without an origin. All of a sudden, they feel that to make him interesting, they have to give him an origin, you know? I was totally against that, vehemently against that, and I still am. Yeah, when you add an origin to a okay. character who has a mysterious past, it, they no longer feel special. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I kind of like this. The, the Joker? King, yeah. Yeah. It it is a cool look. Like I'm, you know, it it uh, I'm more worried about the story than I am the look. The look actually, like if that's his look, I'm not even that mad because, like I said, it does feel like an amalgamation of like every Joker we've had. Yeah, but it, it's kind of new. Yeah, and, and yeah, and it's like it's kind of creepy clown, but you don't know if he's gonna be creepy or not. You know, which is actually right. scarier. Um, but yeah, the story is what I'm most worried about. But I don't know. I mean, Todd Phillips, like, 
That's an interesting suit color, also. Yeah. Like, I mean, not interesting as in, like, interesting, but interesting, like, why did they do that? Like, it doesn't end up looking terrible, mm -hmm. but it definitely is brighter than I'm used to seeing the Joker. There is a book called, uh, I believe it's called One Bad Day. And it's about a, I think it's about a killer clown. Is it one bit? Yeah, it's a novel, and the cover looks like the Joker from that movie, the Todd Phillips movie. Yeah. yeah. Did, so. Oh, the ahead. only thing about a Joker movie, and I still don't get. Like, if he's the protagonist, who is the antagonist if there's no Batman? And that's the thing. that That's where I'm like, if you're going to make a solo without Batman, like, the way, the easiest way to go or the, or the interesting way to go is kind of like a Saw, uh, Human Centipede type, like, where you just see him, you know, uh, exploiting his victim, yeah? But even they... Even those have antagonists. Like, if the Saw guy is the hero, then the antagonist yeah. would be the police chasing right. him. Yeah, and I mean, they can... They could just... And I'm, uh, you gonna, if you use Gordon, it's stupid. Like, it yeah. comes off as forced, and... Yeah. So no, I don't know what you do in that situation. Joker is definitely the harder one to make that type of story with. Here's another It'd be thing easier about with like a scarecrow or, or, or you know, any other villain, really. Yeah, is yeah, another thing any about other this villain, Joker. you can throw someone together. Yeah, yeah. Here's another thing about this Joker movie. Thomas Wayne is also going to be featured in this movie as well. So it makes me wonder how old this Joker is going to be by the time Batman shows up. Because if this is a if this takes place in the past. How old is Bruce Wayne at this time? Another weird thing about this movie is that he's credited... Joaquin Phoenix's character name is credited as Alfred Heck. Or... was it? Fleck. Albert Fleck. Which Not I Arthur. found weird. Hmm. Arthur, yeah, whatever. Something. I'm used to Jack Napier, so... that That's... That's what I, you know, it sounds familiar. I don't know where it's from. I don't know if it's from the Alan Moore thing, but yeah. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, well, we're, we live in a world right now where we're getting a Venom movie, uh, a Aquaman movie, and a Joker movie. I mean, what more could you ask for? Well, we could ask for the Venom movie to actually be good. Well, it right, could actually be Venom. I mean, it could be. That would be I nice. don't know. We don't. We don't know for sure. Venom. It could be. No, yeah, I, yeah, I already did. told you. We've seen the trailer. We know yeah. it's not Venom. Right, uh, Joe. You've seen Parasite, right? Yeah. Like, didn't the trailer like feel like Parasite? Yeah. Like, I actually put them side by side on our Instagram feed. And it was like, 
uncanny how similar like some shots were. <laughs> yeah, and I I love Parasite. Um, you know, I really love Parasite, but it's not even gonna be that. It's gonna be like this, like it's just gonna be tame, too tame and. Like, Parasite is pretty graphic. Parasite is... Yeah. It's kind of hard. I mean, with the murders and the... Yeah. It's... But, well, uh... Even, like, him, like, you know, the Parasite healing the host just so that he could survive, like, just the clinical aspect of it is kind of gory and, and, and heavy, too, you know? Because it's right. like, the, the guy just wakes up and he's like, he tried to hurt himself. Just because of the the being a host, and then like he wakes up, he's like, "How am I here?" And then it's like, "Oh, I fixed you because you know I need to live." Yeah, yeah. And like another thing, there's like another scene where he threatens the guy threatens the parasite that he's uh like gonna cut him off or turn him into the police, and the guy's like, the parasite is like, "Well, you know, I could stop you. Like, you don't need your eyes or your legs to like." for me to live like <laughs> i can hurt you and make it so that you can't tell like you being in one piece is just a bonus for you but i don't need you to be in one piece for me to be okay so it's like we're not gonna get anything like that yeah or i don't feel that's the one we might but i don't feel like we are i feel what? like that is the last thing we are gonna get like anything like that I mean, he's bossing the thing around. Yeah. Which even in Parasite, like, eventually they come to an understanding. But during, like, the first half, all of his motivation is, how do I live? Like, he fights other right. parasites because it helps him live. Like, right. he considers letting him get killed and joining with another parasite. Except yeah. he's not sure whether or not he'll live or not. Like, and that's why he ends up fighting him. Like, yep. the eventual, it, like, them coming to actually be a team is, like, such an eventual, slow, evolving, eventual thing that it actually takes time to develop. I mean, and, you can't tell the story of Parasite in two, two and a half hours and have it be the same thing. And like, even if they can't. Even if they jocked, like, just one small thing from Parasite, like, it's the one thing they wouldn't do which is get another dude that's, like, in the same boat as him, but he's just, like, happy and go-lucky, like, easygoing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, re you remember that episode of Parasite? I think it was, like, seven or eight, where the dude... It was right after he tried to hurt himself, and then he's like, oh, you're just like me, but they're not trying to fight like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they wouldn't do that in, like, if you were to pitch that to the people making this Venom-Parasite hybrid movie, like, that, that as an interesting thing, they'd be like, oh, that's stupid. Yeah? Right. Yeah, it's, this movie's gonna be a mess. Like, I'm definitely gonna see it, and I'm gonna try and put aside my distaste to try and enjoy it for what it is, but... Like they can't even pronounce Venom. symbiote right. Yeah, it's not Venom. 
Uh, real quick in chat, Hex says, this Venom movie reminds me of that Spawn comic where he finds out the costume's a symbiote. The funny thing about that is that the guy that created the symbiote, Todd McFarlane, created Spawn. So there's that. Yeah, so much for originality. Well, it's, you know, there's things he couldn't do in Spider-Man with the symbiote that he could do at Image. You know, there's a lot of, like, if you if you look at, like, the characters in, like, Cyber Force or, uh, what is it, um... The 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 Liefeld one, well, Young Blood. Like you look at them, and they're all analogs for basically X Men, you know. And some of them, like you put them side by side, and they look like they're the same character almost, with different paint job or, or color. But the stories are so different, and even like I mean, Joe could tell you some of the Young Blood stories, definitely some of the Cyber Force stories, and. The Wildcat stories, like how they ended up going, are mm-hmm. way more interesting than a lot of the X-Men stuff that was going on at the time. Yeah. Uh, like, it was very different, and that's what drew me to Image. Yeah. Like, especially Youngblood. Like, when you have issue one, and Shaft, like, there's like a, I think there's a hostage situation or something, and Shaft just goes and shoots him in the, like, shoots him in the head with the arrow and then it's over right. like things weren't being done like that in Marvel or DC at the time right. yep. so that was interesting yeah yep. but that's that um, right. speaking guys... of DC oh go ahead speaking of we were talking a little bit earlier about DC and I actually went and had a chance to use the DC Universe app. Oh, okay. On my phone. And fuck, fuck, fuck the DC Universe app. <laughs> you were trying to watch Superman 1 and 2, but you only get 3 and 4? No, I, w- I actually started watching because I haven't seen it in a while, and it's like a great movie Green Lantern First Flight. Oh, yeah. I love that movie, and it's been a while since I saw it. So I was watching it, and I was at work, and so, you know, I was watching it on the way to work. And when I got to work, I had to stop watching it. And so on my way home from work, I tried to open my phone back up to keep watching it, and my pen wouldn't work. And, you know, I kept trying it, and it just wouldn't work. It would not come back on. Like Stylus pen? Oh, yeah. No, I have a yeah. pin number to lock it. Right, right. I have a pin number to lock it, and I will enter my, I enter my pin number, and it would not unlock. And it just wouldn't. And it was weird because, like, the only thing different about the phone was that I hadn't installed the DC Universe app. And so, like, I was started to panic, and then eventually I just kind of let it, like, sit for a while. And, like, the next day, my pen worked. And so I had to turn off my pen so that won't happen again. And the next time I used the DC Universe app, like, because I hadn't finished First Flight, so I watched the rest of it. And then I find out that two of my contacts have been changed. Like, 
they were merged into a different contact that wasn't them. So, like, one of my friends was showing, being shown as, like, the post office. And again, so it was weird. like, it's after I used the DC Universe app. So, I'm, I'm not, I won't be using it anymore. Um, that is I wrote to DC support. Uh-huh. Like, I wrote to DC support, and they were like, well, if you inst- uninstall it and install it in again, then it might work. It's like, you know, I don't want to take that chance. Like, I don't know maybe, what it's going to do to my phone probably next. Having, maybe their servers are getting hammered, which is why you're unable to log in. It, it shouldn't have to write his contacts, like, delete and yeah, rewrite his contacts. Right. Yeah, I know normally these apps would yeah. ask permission the if you want to uh, use the contacts or something. But an app like that doesn't really need it. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. It's it's so weird. I don't understand it, but that's the only thing that's different, is that I was well, using the DC Universe app. I know once, like, you don't... Um, I'm sorry. I know that when you install an Android app, it asks for permission for your contacts list and everything. And I, so, I know on Apple devices, it doesn't, like, Basically, most of them just ask for permissions like location or something like that, but never like, at least not the ones, some do, some don't in terms of contacts. I know my experience with Android was that they always ask for like your microphone permissions, yeah, or your, your or camera your permissions, card. and your contacts. Yeah, yeah but they, they, a lot of them, like that, it didn't make sense to me. Like I've had like, for example, Candy Crush, Candy Crush on... On iOS, doesn't ask to use my contact list, but Candy Crush on Android does. Like it, it's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't know if like, yeah, it's probably like a, a way of like multiplayer stuff, like giving lives or whatever. But it's still weird that one does and the other doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry you're having those issues with it because, I mean, I you know, I tried to watch stuff. I really wanted to watch the original Superman movie, the first one, and they don't have it. They don't have That's it. weird. Well, That's yeah. the first thing they should have. Exactly. They, they don't have one and they don't have two, but they have, like, three and four. I will admit, I do like three. Like I'm not, I won't say it's good, but I do enjoy watching three. Yeah, uh, three is. Um, I watched three. Like it used to come on TV a lot, and I used to enjoy right. watching. Right. Like when it was on, you know, back on Channel Five because that was like the Warner Channel. Like yeah, they used, to, they used to play all of them, but I remember like specifically three being on on a specific night, like the Wednesday or whatever, and I, I would enjoy watching it. Yeah, but even the comics, well, like they have, a, they have a bunch of comics, and you know, reading them on the TV is, is tough. They, it's the guided view, and and they don't have a button to take off the guided view. Like I have a huge screen TV, I want to see the whole page. You know, like right. You know, it, it it's really weird because in reading comics, like the, there's 
programs and applications that I to read bootleg comics that work a lot better than the stuff where you actually pay for. It's so weird. But it, it, it's yeah, I would think if they're they're making you know we paid seventy five dollars for the year, like before seeing anything, you know. Right. I wish, they, I wish they had a lifetime deal. Like I would pay for a lifetime deal just because I know ultimately it gets better, you know. The but you know I tried watching their actual original programming because they have their video blogs and their video shows, you know. Mm-hmm. And none of them worked. I would click, 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 and nothing worked. Yesterday after work, Emily was at school uh, for an extended time, so I was home alone. I'm like, you know what? I'll light up this joint, fucking watch some fucking DC video blogs. They have interesting um, programming where they'll get somebody that's like a pseudo-celebrity or a celebrity talk about like their favorite batman issue or moment or arc you know or even movie like it's just it's a like they call it a daily dc daily or something and then they'll give you news so you know the the whole thing we talked about the joker i watched on my explore feed on instagram but i was expecting okay i've seen this here i'm gonna go home and watch it on my tv on my dc app they had this teaser ass shit that like was it was basically Joaquin Phoenix's face morphing into that paint job that he ultimately has, but it doesn't look as good as what we've seen in uh, in the viral videos or news sites. So I'm like, okay, I'll click on it anyway. It doesn't play. Then they had this like blogger gamer girl or something hosting their little DC Daily thing. Talking about her favorite Batman moment, her favorite Batman issue didn't work. It had Ralph Garman, the guy from K Rock's Kevin and Bean. He does a good David Bowie voice. He does a Eli Manning. Like he, he's a talented voiceover actor and a funny comedian. He actually has a podcast with Kevin Smith called Babylon, Hollywood Babylon, which I never listened to. Yeah, Hollywood Babylon. But he's actually a talented dude, and it's like he's the one dude out of this whole fucking app that I would want to care because he likes comics too, you know? Like, he's, he's a comic fan that happens to have a, a good entertainment job. I want to see what he does for this app. Shit's not playing. Uh, I ended okay. up just... Uh, hey, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done yet. So, I spent 20 minutes trying to watch some original programming... On the DC Universe app, I ended up rewatching and wasting that good ass joint. I wouldn't say wasted because I enjoyed it a lot watching it again, but I ended up watching Return of the Joker, the Batman Beyond movie. Oh, that is a good movie. Yeah, I, I love that Joker design, and that's what I was thinking the whole time I was watching it. I'm like, that Joker design is one that they haven't used in any movie, like that super like sleek. Kind of, um, I want to say like German uber villain, like clinical Joker design where his hairs are all slicked back, greased back, and his his clothes is like super form fitting, you know. But it has like mm-hmm. a really it's, it's like black, but it does have like when the light bounces off it, it's still like purple, but it's like a bodysuit, and then 
and, and he's actually in that movie he's actually killing motherfuckers like blowing shit up like it's it was yeah it, it was a good experience watching it high as fuck and when you watch it high as fuck you see some old new 52 bullshit cause you remember the scene he actually blows up the black cave right like he goes in it and he like injects Bruce Wayne with the laughing serum mm-hmm. the the Nightwing suit that is broken in the the little like mannequins that he has has a red Nightwing symbol on it. Oh which wow! It's the New Fifty Two symbol, but it only has it for three frames, or, or rather three shots. So it, it's like so. I I actually have photo evidence of it so I'll post that into our um, in fact if if you really want to see it I'll post it to our uh, Instagram story real quick Oh, uh, I'm looking in the chat right now Oscar says that they do yeah, have he's saying Superman a bunch of shit one. I'll get I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Trust me. I, I know what I'm fucking doing. I'm hosting this shit, all right? But I'm in the middle of talking and expressing myself. Okay, I'll get then to express it. yourself. Okay. Yeah, but right now, I'm showing you the old 52 bullshit. <laughs> On our uh, Instagram stories. Let's see here. I'm drawing an arrow with the red. And done. So oh, if 52. you go to Instagram Instagram.com slash Fantastic Forum and you see our story, you'll see that picture that is basically the broken down mannequin and it you know, some people say, oh, it's that's just the Batman Beyond suit. Nah, it's not. Because in the next scene, you see it again, and it's blue. Like, they did it for like two scenes. They did that Red Nightwing thing. You know, the camera went back and forth between Bruce and, and, and Terry. All right, back to chat over here. Ignoring chat. Let's see what's this. Uh, Super, Hex says, Superman 4 is my shit. I still remember Nuclear Man pounding soups into the moon. Oscar be drunk, whoever that is, says they do have Superman 1 and 2. I'm looking right at it right now on their movies, both of them. DC Universe right there. All right, look. I don't know why they should suggest 3 and 4 to me before those but that that's probably another bug in it that shouldn't be maybe, the case maybe they should suggest the they should suggest the first one right off the fucking bat maybe they want people to see <laughs> 3 and 4 more than the first two because 3 and 4 are the least favorites and DC wants yeah. you to see the other ones honestly honestly 3 and 4 as much as i have fun watching 3 but 3 and 4 they could like leave out and nobody would miss you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. 
three had three had its moments. Heck, though. Heck is asking, isn't DC Daily on YouTube? It better not be for seventy five bucks a year. It, they they better not have that shit. I know I checked Amazon Prime because Amazon Prime had a lot of cartoons. The moment that the DC Universe app came out on Amazon Prime, you had to buy Batman the Animated Series to watch it. And I says, so when I'm not on the show, it's fake news. I mean, just be on the fucking show. What the fuck are you doing on on chat? Oh, oh, I, I have to work. It's a fucking Wednesday. Call in sick. <laughs> <laughs> It's Wednesday at fucking, uh, what, what is it? He's on Central Time, like, 8.30 at night? Look. You can't, uh, if you can't do a podcast on a Wednesday night in the Midwest, look, good luck sustaining a marriage. Oh, he says, uh, right here, I'm just going to watch the original Superman movie on DC Universe right now, because it's there. Right. And then, heck. DC Daily is on YouTube. It, man, I'm I'm actually gonna email support after the show for that. Hmm. Um, I I am because it, it's costing money. Like I want to I want to see like, you know I'm at, yeah I I got I got to see they got they got to go after them do some copyright issue. I know every time, um, because of, of our hosting with with Podbean, it gives us the option to uh, post the episode on YouTube to get more listeners or whatever. And then every time we post it, because of our theme song, they give us a copyright issue because there's no, you know, there's no info on who wrote the song. It's like, you know, it's it's a song that's written, and I remixed it. So technically I'm the owner of this mix. And, you know, it's up to me to pay royalties to Joe Satriani. You know what I mean? Like, the, the YouTube, mind your fucking business. Just play my fucking video. But no, they, I can't show our podcast on there. But you got DC Daily, a big Warner Brothers company, out there playing these free-ass videos that they charge me $75 for. Like, the podcast is free. I'm not making money off of it, Joe Satriani, if you want to sue me. But it, it's just like... Yeah, it, it it better not be on YouTube tomorrow. Let's see. <laughs> um, let's see. Heck, Heck says, does the DCU app have a Donner cut of Superman? Uh, probably not. Oz is asking, should we change our theme song? Like he's he's putting it in chat. Like, you know, we have a, a pre-production thread on it. Like. You know, that's not where you ask that question, Oz. And personally, no, we shouldn't change the theme song. It's fine. I think we should. Derek Gates, yeah, but, you know, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. We've always said, you know, you said we should, I say we shouldn't, but there's no other alternatives. You know what I mean? Right. It it says, uh, you know, like, that's what I'd made at the time. And that's what we have. You want something different? Make something different. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, we're gonna have to make something different. That's we own the rights to ourselves because it's getting harder and harder to play this shit over the stream and everything. Language. Derek Gates says. I don't know how to respond to that. Sorry, Siri. Um, Tiger Claw, don't play that button. 
language. <laughs> no, don't do that. Like, I'm telling you without curse words to not trigger you into playing that. Don't play that button. Um, Derek H. in chat says, Moses is incorrect about his knowledge of copyright law. Uh, I mean, in what aspect? Tell me. Like, I remix the song. I give you an abbreviated version of the original. I'm the one that's liable for... Uh, the butchering of the song and the the playing of it, you know, the creator of the show too. Like, it's on me. It's not, you know, I didn't create a trust or anything to, or an LLC. It's not a corporate entity. It's me. Um, Hex says I've been fucking garage bands. I'll make you guys a theme. Uh, thank you, but no thank you. Didn't we discuss getting a bigger audience? And you knew this was lowering our audience the whole time. Um, the look, Again, pre-production question, but I'll answer it here. The fact that it could potentially give us 300% more listeners is a potential. People still have to click on the link. If they don't, if they read the description, they don't want it. It's, it's not a guaranteed 300 more listeners per podcast episode. Uh, yeah. Again, that's pre-production. We don't talk about that. Podcasting what we do talk about is comics, and we refuse comics. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, tell me about Betty and Veronica Vixens. Okay, well, issue 10 dropped, like, today. And uh, it's the final issue. And so I was just going to go kind of, like, over my thoughts on the series as a whole. So Betty and Veronica Vixens is about Betty and Veronica starting a biker gang in response to another biker gang attacking Riverdale. And uh, it's really interesting. Like, the atmosphere is really good. Like, they do a good job of being Riverdale, but still being kind of modern. Like, it's kind of a 50-ish type of biker gang thing but it's not, like, an out-of-date thing. Like, it's kind of like a good blend of what, a like, a biker gang was back then and what it could be, like, right now. So it's a, it's pretty interesting. They go and fight another, the rival biker gang, and then they end up in a... a basically taking on a sex trafficking ring, um, eventually being run out of Riverdale uh, by the police and the neighborhood watch. And so it's actually pretty good. I mean, if I have to say anything negative about it, is that the comic format kind of makes you have to, like, leave a lot to your imagination also they don't have time to develop some of the side characters as much as they could but other than that like it's pretty good I like it now is this like uh, it it is a reimagining of the Betty and Veronica of the Archie universe in a different yeah. type of story, right? 
So is this yeah, more like, like how those... Archie Horror does? Right. Like it's kind of like one of the off prints, like Archie Horror, or I guess they're not calling themselves Archie Horror anymore. But uh, yeah, like that. And so this is just more like a gritty, more like true crimey type, like seventies, you know, like one of those um, B movie type. Is that what they're going for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's def- like midway between B movie and serious movie. Like they're like right down the middle. So and it's who- like, oh, good. No, no, go ahead. Tell me. No, it's like kind of right down the middle with the, the tone. So it's like, it's not too B movie, but it's not too serious. So everything that happens kind of makes sense in the world they cr- uh, create. Okay. Yeah. What were you going to ask? Um, I forgot what I was going to ask, but what I do want to ask too is like, what's the who's the creative team on it? Like the writer and artist. Um. Right, the writer and artist. Well, that would be... Hold on, sorry. It's, it's being slow. Yeah. That's the one downside about digital books is that sometimes they're slow. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. You have any other questions while I look up the creative team? Well, how do you like the creative team? Like, you like the art, the art on it, and, and the writing. Um, I don't particularly like the art, but it's not any better or worse than like your average Archie side story art. So it's like it's good enough for me to like to keep reading it. So, yeah, like, it's nothing spectacular, but it's nothing terrible. Like, I, yeah, basically that's about what I can say. Okay. So right here it says the creative team is Jamie L. Rotante. He's the writer. He's a proofreader and editor. Oh, she, rather. Sorry. I'm thinking yeah. his name... I'm thinking his name is Jaime, but it's Jamie. No, it's Lee Rotante. Yeah. Art by Eva Cabrera. Yeah. And colors by Elenia Unger. Yeah. I'm looking at some of the art right now, and and it's... I can see you not, not, um, not being too moved by it. But it does fit how you're saying it, like the kind of V-movie, like, revenge feel. You know, like a 70s, one of those movies that kind of would be in, like, a thriller, horror, but is not. You know what I mean? It's more, like, action-driven, yeah. more revenge-driven, like, you know, like the original Death Wishes and stuff Right, like that. yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't feel out of place. Just I yeah. wish it were. 
a little better. But, yeah. They have a cover for number for the tra- uh, the trade paperback. It's all yellow. That cover looks pretty good. But I think it's not any of the people working on it. But yeah, I can definitely oh. see where where you're not feeling the art. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not a fan, but it's not so bad that, like, there is art that is, like, painful to look at. Mm-hmm. And it makes reading a book a chore. Like, this isn't that art. Like, this is fine, passable, serviceable art. And with a lot of these, um, the side universes for Archie, there is some kind of redesign a little bit. If not, you know, you can still tell who's who, but the wardrobes are different and stuff. How do you feel about this one? It fits like it's, it is interesting because they do kind of like try to play Riverdale off as like still like the fifties type outfits for like the general populace, but like not like fifties, fifties, but like if you made the fifties outfits today, what they would look like. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like, like the art design, the tone I think is like the best thing about the spot. Okay. Because it's, it really is just like kind of alternate, like the fifties are today kind of feel to it. Even like the violence is like a fifties today type of violence. Okay. Which I'll put, I'll give you like an example. Like when they fight, you know, they do use like, chains and pipes or whatever but then like right. someone pulls out a knife and it's like oh shit like shit just got real so it's like it's like a cool little mood like a tone that they have that's like yeah like that's really like the best part of the book cool um would you consider reading harley and ivy meet betty and veronica Yes. I think that's on my watch list. Oh, okay. But it's like, there's so much I have to... Yeah, it's one of those things that I have to wait to get around to because there's some older books that I lost that I need to get back. Uh, like Archie versus Predator. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's just a few things I need to do before I get to that. Right. Honestly, I love these Archie like side stories, like these non Archie books. Right. So interesting because you, it is like you know, it's like Elseworlds. So like you're taking mm-hmm. characters you know I'm and love with and yeah. just putting yeah, and just putting them in these like new situations, and it's like. You still have the Archie books, but now you have these books that are Archie, but like in these new situations that it's just really interesting to like see that. Um, and I will say the one thing that the one thing that was a little disappointing about Vixens is that Sabrina doesn't make an appearance, even though they end up in Greendale at one point or not. In Greendale, but on the edge, like on the border. 
but it's like, yeah, like I love these things. Like it's it's, it's one of the coolest things you can do because you still have the original, so it's not like you're changing everything to make it different. It's like you're saying, well, hey, this what if this was what if these characters were this? Or what if they were that? And it just ends up being really interesting to see different characters put in different situations. I mean, I'm not a Dilton fan, but the way <laughs> yeah. they have him in, Ver- in Vampironica, yeah. like, he's hard as shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, still no. being a nerd. Yeah. He's like hard, a hard nerd. And which is like, wow, like, that is just a cool thing. It is, um... In a regular Archie. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, that's the beauty of these Archie side... You know, I, I actually credit the 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 edit editing team right now, and I think like the the chief creative officer is the dude that worked the dude that fixed that Spider Man musical, Roberto Aquiles Sacasa. Mm-hmm. He used to write Spider Man back in the day in the comics, and and he's he's the one that brought back the Archie horror stuff, the Afterlife and the Sabrina, and. You know, once this this editing and creative team uh, comes together and does real good things, that's when we get you know the TV shows and this like they're different interpretations. Like it, it, like you said, like Elseworlds. Like that's the thing about Elseworlds, where you know it's why I get so mad at the movie adaptations because some of the movie adaptations are like based on the comic. But then they don't feel like the comic, you know? But mm-hmm. with Elseworlds, it's like, yeah, it's Batman fighting Jack the Ripper, but it feels like Batman, that how Batman would fight Jack the Ripper. You know, there's the doom that came to Gotham. That, yes, that's how Batman would fight the people in Hellraiser. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, with Archie, Archie does like a really good job of it where everything is different. Like every Archie subset, is a different type of book. Like you have the modern one, you have the the classic one, you have the horror one, you have Riverdale, the TV show, and you'll have like Midge and like you said Dalton, like doing things on Riverdale that would they wouldn't do in in um, the Archie comics, but they they still feel like it's those characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, that's how the hunger, like Jughead the Hunger, like that's perfect for him, (laughs) the hunger, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. The Vampironica is fucking feels like it too, you know? Mm hmm. And I guess with after. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. But did you keep up with uh, Jughead the Hunger? I have not. I mean to, but I have not. Um, Um, Part of the reason is because I. Yeah. I do want to buy the books. I don't want to just keep reading them on press copies, you know what I mean? Um, right. But I, I de- I'm I'm definitely gonna keep up with it. I'm gonna check out this Vixens because I was I was excited when Vixens was announced because it was it like you know it was a side thing too where it doesn't fit into the horror one or it doesn't fit into the modern one and it's just a, it just like an interesting uh, way of doing it. So right. overall, like out of five pipes to the head, how many do you give it? 
so far? I would give it four. Well, it's over now. Yeah. But you I finished that, you you finished the last one already. Uh huh. Oh okay. Yeah. So I, I read it on the. I read a press copy of the last issue. Cool. So it's like. Uh, yeah, I would give it a four out of five. Like the ending is a little too wrapped up. I think. Like it's a little too. Like, I don't want to say perfect. That's not the word I'm looking for. But it. You know, it's it's just a little too finished. Okay. I don't know what the word for that is. Ernest yeah. Lawrence, you know what the word is. Unfortunately, he's not here. He's too oh busy. Gosh. He's too busy dealing with a quote-unquote crisis. Right. But it's like, they kind of wrap it up so neatly that there's nothing else they can do. Like, even if someone was like, Oh, I think I have a good idea for a story. It's like, well, it's too late. You already finished. Like, it's wrapped up so neatly that there's no more room for stories. Hmm. But, which is a shame because I actually, like I said, I was really enjoying the tone of everything. Now it's like over, over. But, yeah, it was, it was really good. Like, I enjoy the writing. Um, the dialogue feels natural. They've got some really good jokes in there. Like, uh, like some good jokes based on, like, character humor, which is always good. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good read. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. Um, moving right along to Stranger Things. Did you get to read it, Joe, at all? I did. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad you got to read it. And you watched the series, too, right? No, I watched the first three episodes, I think, and then I ran out of Netflix. Oh, okay. Well, that so. actually works out because... Issue one, like, fits right into, like, the first, like, one or two episodes. Right. But, yeah, Stranger Things comic, it's weird. I, I, I rarely ever like TV adaptations, uh, uh, comic adaptations of TV shows. They, they never really fit into the TV show. They'll give you something that's cool about the character that the next episode of the TV show negates that's just the nature of crossing mediums you know like nobody really does it well and um you know i'm happy to say that this stranger things comics does it well it, it really like it, i i don't know if it's um uh first of all it, it came out today issue one came out today the ash can came out for comic-con which i got to read that and when I read that, it ended at what is, at what I want to say, the sixth page of this new first issue. But just reading that first six pages, I was like, fuck. Like, that's a complete story. Like, they could have not done anything else, and I would have just been happy with that. Um, but it basically starts off with Will Byers. 
in the Upside Down and fighting off the Demogorgon the first, the very first time. Like when he shoots him with the shotgun, like he thinks he's he's home, and then you know he steps out and it's like the shed isn't safe, and he's in the Upside Down and it shows him walking through like. The, the comic book does a really good thing where it has a narration that is an, a narrator that is not involved with the story. It's a reliable narrator. I think they call it um, literarily. But, you know, Larry isn't here to, to tell me I'm wrong or right. Yeah. But uh, basically it has a narrator telling you everything that's going down. And then, then he goes on and he explores the Mirkwood Forest. Like, you know, like they would in the show. It basically, it is like Stranger Things Guy Den in the sense that you see it just from Will's perspective in the Upside Down. You know, and he uses like... In the the show, we get the sense it's like okay, everything they do when they play Dungeons and Dragons, like they use in the real world, like the 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 thought, the critical thinking aspect, the you know elemental aspect, the way you fight. Like I mean, you know, Joe, I'm sure you've done it in the past. I know I have. Where it's like every time I'm in public transit, I feel like I'm kind of in the world map of like Final Fantasy Eight. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just what we do, us um, uh, virgins at heart, as I'd like to call them. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> we, we're hyper-focused on the way we play these games, the way we make these decisions, and then we, we use them in our daily life. And that's that's how this comic feels. Like, it takes you through Will Bryars. Like, even he sees a little, like, apparition of 11 that happens at a certain point of the show, which I believe is still like the third or fourth episode of the first season. And you see it in the first issue. Cause he's like, he spent that much time wandering through the Mirkwood forest in the upside down. You know what I mean? Uh, now, I've forgotten a lot about the show. Cause it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, but they don't actually show the monsters in the first couple episodes, do they? No, they don't. But in this issue, they show them early on, right? Which I felt at first, I felt like a detriment reading this book because in the show that was part of the like that that you know that like holding your breath moment, you know, like oh, I want to see more, I want you know. But yeah. in this, it's like you're seeing it through. Like, you're basically, I don't want to say you're seeing it through Will Breyer's eyes, but you're the fucking, you're that cameraman in Resident Evil 4. You know, like, you're over the shoulder. So, you, yeah. get, to see, you get to see even things that he doesn't get to see, you know? Yeah, I actually appreciated seeing it. Yeah. Because as much as mystery is good, cooks are good, too. Yeah. I, I seeing this, this crazy crazy thing that he's running from trying to kill or run away from he's like trying to do both like whatever you yeah. can do to make it so that it's not killing him right like 
see it was like I thought like a a boon to the story. Yeah. Um you know, Joe, oh. I actually oh. since you've only gotten to see like the first couple episodes, I'm gonna plan a day where you and I get to watch the first season at least the first season straight through with some okay. edibles and some weed, you know? Yeah. You definitely the first season you need to see. You need to watch that. You're gonna you're gonna fucking love it. And then the second season is good too, but the first season is golden. Like the first season is a fucking masterpiece. It's a fucking it's the godfather of fucking Netflix originals. Like oh, stories nice. stories good. The the I, I love the Lovecraftian like you know demons coming from another dimension thing like that that's my shit like you can but the thing is I'll love it even if you do it bad you know what I mean mm-hmm. so uh, that but they, they do it so well in general and then it's like it's kind of about the people too but not as much as like the Walking Dead is. So it's like it's it's a lot of it is about the fucking monsters and about the fucking shadow government trying to hold them back and you know but it's just a little bit of that extra ancillary shit to keep you wanting more. It, they don't tell you like oh the government's behind it. They tell oh you know what the government pays people to hide it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just deal with that on a minuscule scale. But it, it it's you know it. Stranger Things is is a f- the first season is fucking amazing, and and you you L- Joe are doing yourself a disservice by not seeing it. Okay, I'll check so, it. Out. Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna get you high as fuck, and we're gonna watch it. <laughs> All right. Nice. Um. Oh, but yeah. one thing, oh, go ahead. Another thing about the comic, um, I don't know. I found the art. Like a little off-putting at first. Yeah, I know what you like, mean. By the, by the next, but like three pages in, I was like completely used to it. Like it was kind of weird. Like normally, if art's off-putting, it kind of just stays there. But yeah. it was like no, like I sort of kept looking at it. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. The the art. I felt at the beginning, I felt the art wasn't good in the sense that, you know, it starts off in the upside down and I didn't feel like I was in the upside down in in the show. The, the upside down is, is gritty, gooey, dark. And the only texture you see is the light bouncing off of things. You know what I mean? And then there's Mm -hmm. fog. Like, I felt like this was too clear and too clean, you know, but, Again, by the third or fourth page, I was so into this story that that didn't matter. And basically, the artist actually did a better job of just, like, zooming in and pulling your focus to Will's face and Will's experience. It doesn't matter what the hell was around it. As long as he read that caption bar and his thought bubbles, like, it creates enough mood and and that, that sense of discomfort. Of being somewhere you're not, that he could have he could have been a fucking Disneyland. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I really like I you know anybody who listens to the show knows that I fucking love Stranger Things. I, I you know that's my shit. I'm I can't wait for the next season, and I have a lot of suggestions on how they could do it, but they don't have to listen to me because they it you know the second season the only thing I didn't like was the one episode in it. Everything else was was tight. Oh, okay. that, that show that show is tied to the 80s if they do that many seasons um, they're going to run out of things to do in the 80s and they're going to have to go to the 90s after that well here's the thing is you know I can see how you say it is uh, it's tied to the 80s because it is it, it definitely it, what takes place in the 80s but really, like, you, you know, Tyre Claw, you, you have no faith in the Elder Gods. You have no faith in what's beyond the realm of death. You, you have no sense of what lies beyond what you see in front of you. And that is ultimately your cosmic joke. Because when you do meet the great Cthulhu or the great Riley, or whoever you subscribe to, you'll see the knowledge and the, what torment really is. I think and you're not a fan of the 90s. That's what I'm getting at. I, look, the fact that you're just focusing that it's tied on the 80s... It, it is a show set they in could, the 80s, they, what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying it's is, set in the 80s. It's not, it's not tied. The story itself could take place anywhere, anytime. Because it deals with essentially a, a, a minion of the Elder God coming through to our realm happens to be in the 80s. They could do it in the 90s. I mean, Joe, you saw Nightbreed, right? Nightbreed, no. No? But like Hellraiser? Yeah, some, some of that. Okay, so like Hellraiser, you can see that like they could literally remake that movie shot for shot and have it be in the future have it be in the past or have it be in the present right Right? yeah that's how Stranger Things is like it happens to be in the 80s because the people that wrote it are like 80s babies you know and they know that people will watch it if it throws back to something but if they do it in the 90s it's gonna be just as good like at least to me because the ultimate for me the ultimate draw the ultimate goal, the ultimate like the shit that hooks me into Stranger Things isn't the fucking kids. Like those kids that could all die. I don't give a shit about any of them. I don't give a shit about who gets the girl at the end. I don't give a shit about that. All I care about is that upside down trying to keep creep into the right side up. And that's all I care about. I just care about the realm of death, the cancerverse, whatever you want to call it. The you, underworld. You, you care like, about the stranger thing. You care about the stranger things part of it, not the people around it. Well, look, look. If look, you say stranger, that's just not strange to me. You know what I mean? I know all about the cancer verse and everything. I've studied that. That's like, in a way, that's like my religion. You know what I mean? Like the Cthulhu stuff, the Rylus stuff. Like it, it's all Lovecraftian, it's HP Lovecraft stuff. Like I know that all well. That's what draws me into. It's a Stranger Things. It's not that they could get any actor to play any character. I don't care. Transgender, 
cisgender, white male, black male, like they could put anybody in there running from a demon from another dimension. I'm in it for the demon from the other dimension. You know what I mean? And that's why I was like apprehensive when Oz uh, did the story on Stranger Things in, in, you know, probably about six episodes ago. If you can go into our archives, check that out because I was worried. I was like, how are they going to bo- make a book with the characters? And, like, it's tying into the show, but then they're going to make other shows that's going to get... Look, this this shit did it perfect. It's like, it shows him trying... He, it shows him grabbing the walkie-talkie to try to... to reach out to the people he knows. Like, it's his journey to coming back at the end of season... season one. Which, at the end of season one, we didn't know... Look, sorry, Joe, this might spoil it or not. At the end of season one, we didn't know a lot about what Will Briars went through. And then there was like a after credit scene, there was like, oh, fuck. You know? Like, we might actually see Joe, cover your ears real quick. We might get to actually see in this comic how he got that little worm inside him. You know what I mean? You could uncover Joe. <laughs> okay. But... The, but yeah, this comic did a real good job again with the art. Like, it, it it did a real good job of going through the first couple episodes of the show from Will's perspective, and I couldn't recommend it more. Yeah, I also enjoyed it. I, I'm I like the art. I like the like. The story is told really well. Yeah. Like, for it, not much happening, it's told really well. Yeah. The shit and I love is, the, the back and forth between what he is going through and what his friends are doing and the yeah. apparition, which, yeah, if I didn't know the show, then that would be a little weird to me. I'm but, surprised you got the apparition after only watching, like, three episodes. But, I mean, you know the character. Yeah, I know the character. I don't think she was. She did that. What she did in that, in the time that you saw. No, she she didn't. But I know that she was there. Like I know who that person is. But I've never, I've never seen her use that skill. But so yeah, if you look, that's the way she does that. Like it's, yeah, we need Joe. We're gonna get get you high as fuck. (laughs) Watch that. (laughs) Because you'll be seeing Stranger Things all around. Look, you might open a portal. And, you know, that's the same reason I like, uh, what is it, Gravity Falls. Because Gravity Gravity Falls and Stranger Things, like, they could have a crossover, I think. You know? It's just different tones, but it's still the same ballpark. Uh Uh-huh. In fact, Stranger Things might be more akin to Hellraiser than Stranger... I'm sorry. Gravity Falls would be more akin to to Hellraiser than Stranger Things. But it's still... It's all the same ballpark. Like, which is why I give this Stranger Things number one comic five glowing triangles out of five. And... I shall give it four out of five. Four? 
Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, and I do want to read more. What would have uh, put it at five for you? What would have put it at five? I think, even though I did like the art, like, that little weirdness at the beginning of when I first started looking at it, and then, yeah, this, there's something about that artwork. Yeah. I get like, it. I want to see, like, whoever did it collaborate with Alex Ross. Yeah. Like, I don't want Alex Ross to draw any of the people, but I want him to draw the monsters, and I want someone else to, like, kind of clean up the back, like, the background, and that guy that did the people can keep doing that. Like, there's just something about the art. It's like, good and strange and a little off-putting but yeah and, and you know it, it, it sounds you know for those of you listening live or, or in archive it's probably going to sound a little uh, a weird the way that Joe says it but I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like the best way to explain it is like if you read a Game of Thrones comic like it's trying to be real, but it doesn't look real because it's not a real world. You know what I mean? So you need a little more realism in certain parts and a little more cartoony in the other, or a little more comic booky on the other, a little more dark, gritty, impressionistic, expressionistic on others. And and that 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 is how I felt about this book, where it's like, okay, they're trying, they're using the 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 actors as a basis, and that's cool, but. It's like really like the way this story is told, like you don't even need to get that real. Like you could be more fantastical, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially when you get into the upside down. Like I felt the upside down looked a little more grounded, a little more real. It looked a little, you know, it looked like my yard was overgrown, you know? But in the show it looks like slimy and, and like it has a sound, a sense like, you know, Larry I mean sorry, Joe, you haven't seen the show that much but in the second season they actually go into like an in-between area where the where the the upside down and the right side up kind of merge and it's like okay you have this dirt that's dry and on the other side it's just like slimy and sticky yeah and okay. it's just yeah it's just the the little mist from the upside down is kind of like condensing around that little area like and that's the perfect example because it's like you see the two side by side, but yeah, it's it, the upside down does feel a little more gritty, a little more oozy, a little dark. Like I feel like in this sense, because you are seeing it from Will Breyer's point of view, you get to see more of it. In the show, it's just dark. Like you can see the light shining off of what be, would be a tree and stuff. But in this one, there's like it, the lighting's different. It's, it's like the lighting's off, so I can see why you give it. I know once you actually watch the show, your four out of five will probably be a little more firm in terms of the art. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling, it might go up to a five 
only because this comic book gives you the inner thoughts of the character. The show doesn't do that at all. It, it shows you like, you know, in supposition, like as as um, as the way the story flows, you see the people's mindsets and stuff. But this actually gives you like inner thought bubbles and the the narrating. So the art definitely. The, I'm sorry. The art you'll give you'll probably stay at a four, but story you'll probably move to a five on the comic. Okay, and I actually was thinking that, like, how uh, I don't remember knowing as much about the character, like, them not doing the inner mm-hmm. voice. Like, that's one yeah. of the great things about books and comic books. Yeah. And it's one of the things that gets lost when you, it's one of the things that you lose when you try to put a comic book or a book onto like a TV show or movie, it's like yeah. you lose a lot of the inner thought, and that is one of the driving things in books. It's like yeah. that is, you know, it's just as important as the outer dialogue, it's the inner dialogue. I-, I wish I read books so that I could agree with you, but, but you all I know, comic. yeah. Well, in reading this book, I felt like I could read this without art. You know, like just reading it in prose, like I think I would get mm-hmm. just as good an experience. Right. Because you do have that inner dialogue and that outer dialogue. You've got them yeah. both. Like it really drives character to have, you know, what they're saying and what they're thinking. I mean, just watching him, like, if this was done in the TV show, you would just have the movement. Like, yeah. for this comic, you would just have the movement. You wouldn't have his thoughts. You wouldn't have him thinking about, like, D&D. Right. Thinking about trying to throw fireballs as he's holding his shotgun. Like, you would lose so much. Yeah. And that is, like, one of the things that did impress me a lot about this is the storytelling. Cool. I'm glad you liked it as well. Uh, moving on to the next segment, Joe, uh, I'm sorry, Tire Claw, play that news music if you have it. Comic book news. We should have a, like, uh, like, current, <laughs> well, not, not like that, but, like, Alright, so one of the things that's been happening that I'm sure we've all heard about by now is Telltale Games has fired 90% of their staff, they're going out of business, and they're they're basically pretty much done. Yeah, I'm so mad. That means uh, that The Walking Dead, the final season, is not going to complete. They're going to do chapters 1 and 2, and the actress that plays Clementine basically said, yeah, there's nothing after that. So that they haven't talked to her about anything after that, and most likely, that is it. 
we're going to have the final season incomplete. So that is a huge bummer. And I know there are some people that are saying, like I know there was someone at the company that says they might try to work out, reach out to some people to kind of just finish up everything in progress. Yeah. But I know the general community is kind of like, well, don't do that. You know, you need to, you know, you need to like worry about getting, like, supporting the people that just got laid off unexpectedly. And then there's me, like, I'm kind of an asshole. It's like, I, I want to know the rest of the story, though. I mean, I well, do feel bad about them, but well, I feel bad about me not getting the rest of my story, too. You also have those people that bought the season pass ahead of time thinking they're getting a full story. You know, like, are they getting a, re- a refund or, or whatever? You know, like, yeah, you're thinking about the, the thing people is, that got laid off, but it, it's like, there, now, there's... Go ahead. For Steam... PlayStation and Xbox, those people are all receiving refunds. Okay. Uh, people that bought it on the Switch, they have not announced refunds for the Switch yet. Okay. So, yeah, the Steam, uh, they basically they've taken the season pass out of the stores, and Steam is uh, Steam has already started giving out refunds. Uh, PlayStation and Xbox are giving refunds. Are going to give refunds, and Switch has not announced refunds yet. Okay. Now, so that means we're not getting the the Wolf Among Us two, huh? No, we're not. That sucks. Which sucks because the Wolf Among Us was so amazing. Yeah, like it was. It reminded me of why I started loving fables from the first book I read, the first fable book I read. Which was the graphic novel of right. the first art, which the I borrowed from yeah. you. It was like, it just brought all of that. And even though there was one thing weird I found about, there was one weird thing I thought about the Wolf Among Us, but that's not worth talking about on the air. But it was just a fun, well, it is, but no. <laughs> but it was just a phenomenal story, great storytelling. Right. The story felt like it mattered, even though it yeah. doesn't. To the prequel, yeah. But it felt like it did. Yep. So it's like, oh, it was so good, and I really wanted part two. I mean, I played all the Walking Dead's. I really wanted to finish this one. Like it was the supposed to be the end, and it's like, oh fuck! It's like they're so close to it too. Like, yeah, it's like they just they they started releasing it. It's like. It feels like if a comic book got discontinued like halfway through an issue. Welcome to my world. It's like normally they at least finish the book, but it's like the the rest of my comic is blank. Like half half the comic is blank. And you know what? You know what sucks is because I love Telltale. I mean, you love Telltale too. Um, I love the games because they feel like. You know, they feel like you're watching a movie that you get to have some input in, you know? I spend a lot of my time talking to the TV because, you know, I've inherited a little mental illness from my dad. I'm pretty sure you swerved at the TV a couple of times. Look, you know, look, if you see me watching an episode of Ink Master, you would think I was competing in it because 
I'm <laughs> replying to every shit talking moment, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sh- talking shit to the people. Like, I, I think, I think I do good in that contest, just talking shit to people and getting in their head. Not so much the tattooing because I can't draw for shit, but, but yeah, it, you know, and with the Batman series for Telltale, like I have input and and you know I, I have. I play as Batman, and and I have an idea of what Batman should do in certain decisions, and I go with them. And a lot of them are unpopular in the board, in the community, and you know. But that's it. That's me. That's me playing as Batman. And I was just playing it last week. I saw the Harley Quinn in it, and the Joker, and that dynamic. We talked about it last week. Sure enough, the very next day after I talked about how amazing it is, how I love it. Boom. They shut down. What the fuck is that, man? Am I really not allowed to love anything anymore? Like, that's just how it goes. Like, every time. You know, I... Joe, you said, like, a a comic got... It feels like a comic got canceled mid-arc. And, you know, that happens to me all the time. Because they're Mm -hmm. not making enough money. For some reason. I... I mean, no, that is what I heard. Yeah, it's not so much that. The, yeah, they're not making enough, but they're also spending too much, is what it is. That's what it ultimately boils down to. They have, they have a big staff. They don't, you know, they don't market like they like other companies do. Like, you know, every game I see, TV commercials for, I don't see any Telltale TV commercials. So they're either spending it on something, you know that's not making them money or they're just not spending it where they need to be. Plus everything they do is a license, so like that costs money too. Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate. It's it sucks. Their poker game it's was awesome. Yeah. Did you ever play that, that? Yeah, I did. It's unfortunate considering that Telltale's won an award for one of their games. Remember years ago it won the Game of the Year award for the Walking Dead game, and now look what happened. Yeah. They probably paid too much for the Walking Dead, I think, because from you know word around the campfire, around the street, sewing circle, whatever euphemism we want to use here, it's like people aren't as into it as they used to be. Could it be? And I'm not talking about the right. game for itself. I'm talking about the show. The the comics, like the shit's burning out. What, now yeah, what, that said, uh, I heard a news story earlier that the next teaser for Walking Dead TV show, um, like, kind of guarantees ten more years of the show. Did anybody else see that story? No, I didn't. Yeah, so it's like it, it's weird that the game's not doing it, but then that the show's doing it more like it's weird um definitely signifies that they're not spending their money well because that alone should draw them to the game if anything at least that at least that one game um yeah it's odd i can't see myself watching yeah well look i stopped at like the fourth season of walking dead like i can't see myself watching you know 12 more now, uh, not since they're shutting down, what's going to happen to 
all the online uh, games that people bought online, will they be able to still download them? Um, they I don't know. Download. Because they um, need to have a database like, where you could download the games if you wanted to play one of those old games again. They're going to have to keep those servers up. No, those are on the systems. Those are... That wouldn't be on the Telltale servers. That would be on the... Your platform servers. Well, yeah, so but like I mean... the Microsoft it, servers or the... The, the, are they on Steam? I don't remember because I do remember that you could buy them directly from Telltale and not Steam or anything like that. Yeah, they're on Steam. They are on Steam. Okay. I wonder if I could buy because the for iOS they have the Mr. Robot game for the TV show. Right. I wonder if I could still buy it. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh it'll Let's be a see. while till we see another company like Telltale taking up its mantle. I mean I'm gonna buy yeah. it if it works out. I mean these point and click these point and click adventure games? Yeah, you know. It, it, if it wasn't for Telltale well, uh, we wouldn't see the we we wouldn't see the point and click adventure game in the mainstream. Yeah, but I'm not I mean, sure that's true. well, you know, last week like I was talked about Heavy Rain. Mm-hmm. That's he said. That's kind of like Telltale games. Uh, it right. big big man in the chat says the Telltale engine. Needed to be redone years ago. That's the one thing they messed up on. Yeah, I mean, there there was room for innovation there, but I was okay with them not doing it. I enjoyed the games being what they were. Um, no, I thought they did do that. I thought... Um, wait, or am I mistaken? Because I thought that this, uh, what you call it, was on the new engine. Walking the, Dead. The, yeah. What's on the new Telltale engine? Yeah, probably. That's what I thought. Or was it the last game on the old engine? Uh, that's something I would have to double check. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another another company will rise up and create something like Telltale. And it'll be a couple of years. Just hope history doesn't repeat itself. Yeah. Um, we talked about Stranger Things, the Dark Horse comic. You know, they Dark Stranger Things for me is an important book for Dark Horse because they did lose a lot of licenses with, um losing Star Wars to Marvel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When Disney bought mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, but, you know, they've managed to keep their own stuff that they do and, and they get licensing here. They did Alien and Predator licenses. But now they're doing a Minecraft comic, which that makes no sense to me. I would hate to see that like be the top-selling Dark Horse book. 
But yeah, I mean, that... I'll be honest. I absolutely love um, Minecraft story mode. So you'd probably like the comic too, then, because it has a story. Right. Like, if it has the same writer, which I don't know why it would, but, um, yeah, that would be, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded about it, because I, I did love the story of, of, uh, Minecraft Story Mode Season 1 and 2, like, they were super good. And I'm looking up, looking it up, and no, the Stranger Things was going to be the first to run on the new engine, which isn't happening now. <laughs> so uh, we got some more news here. Go ahead. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna look through the. Uh, Facebook group because I posted a couple of news stories. Okay, uh, first of all, Hellboy reboot pushed back three months to April 2019. Okay, Hellboy fans will have to wait a little longer to see the half demon hero in theaters again. The film's release date has been pushed back to April 12, 2019. Summit Entertainment announced Wednesday it previously had been set to open January 11, 2019. The new date means Hellboy will open just one week after fellow superhero movie Shazam from Warner Brothers in DC. That film opens on April 5, 2019. So, um, it opens a week after Shazam. Do you think it has a chance to do Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, Hellboy is much more recognized than Shazam. Oh, sorry, I yeah. missed the correlation. I was taking a piss. I mean, you got an R rate, you got uh, a... Shazam. Shazam. They moved the Hellboy back to open one week after Shazam. Oh, okay. But that, I, that's I why it got pushed fine. back? No. I thought... It that's not why it got pushed back. Okay. But it did get pushed back. So, so instead of January, it's going to open in April, right after Shazam. Okay. Which it would be smarter to come out before it, but I don't think coming out after is going to hurt it. Uh, especially from what I've seen in Shazam, like people are going to be like trying to get that shit taste out of their fucking mouth. <laughs> Um, I'm all for this Hellboy uh, remake. I would like to see Guillermo do it, but uh, it's not going to happen. So I, I'm interested to see. I don't care about R rating. Like you don't, comic book movies don't need to be R rating. Not even Deadpool. Like that. That's what you motherfuckers that don't read comics think. But you don't need R rated comic book movies. Like that's comics are all ages, all around. You know, unless it's like a Vertigo thing. But even. Even if you were to do a Sandman movie, like you could do it PG thirteen. You can do a good a good story at PG thirteen with Sandman. 
You can. But I think, like, Warzone really... Things like Warzone yeah. kind of benefit from the R rating. But Warzone um, didn't... Like, you're like, like Warzone... You're acting like Warzone was like a, a phenomenal movie. Like, no, it wasn't phenomenal. It was good. Yeah, but like, it's a movie I enjoy. But if like, like, I wouldn't hold it up. But I'm just saying, I think it would have suffered a little as a PG-13 movie. Nah, I don't think it would have suffered that much. Like when you say it suffered a little, like I give it a little, little, you know. Right. Like, it's not like he even, like, talked, like, you know? Yeah, but I don't think you get the glass scene in yeah. a PG-13 movie. Maybe not. But do you really need that glass scene? No, I don't need yeah. it. But I enjoy that, it since it's yeah. there. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, you know, when you watch these movies, you get what they give you, you know? So it's like, you either like what they give you or you don't. Like, if they didn't give you that glassing, but they give you everything else, like, it might have been okay, you know? Like, right. even, like, the Punisher TV series on Netflix, like, I guess that's rated R equivalent, right? I didn't watch it. Oh, uh, you should. Because it's not I as gory. It. It's not I'm as gory. Yeah. Okay, so another promise to you. We're going to get high as fuck and watch Punisher. Nice. Oh, wait. You mean the first season or the second? Well, they only have the one right now, but yeah. Oh, you know what? I forgot I did watch that. Yeah, uh, it was good. I like yeah. that a lot. But again, like, that was rated R, but it didn't, like, have, like, a lot of R meriting things in it, you know? I loved when he went to the coffee shop. And the chick is like, we don't get a lot of hipsters here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, you still don't, lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's it. That series was fun. Yeah. Okay. In some other news, uh, I'm going to read this. Warner Brothers has made their decision on the roles of Huntress and Black Canary in their next anticipated DC movie, Bird of Prey. Coming out on February 7, 2020, Fargo and 10 Chlorophyll Lane actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead has won the role of Huntress, while underground actress Journey Smollett-Bell will play Black Canary. They join Margot Robbie, who reprises her Suicide Squad role of Harley Quinn in a Gotham that isn't protected by Batman. The Femmes will battle a crime lord who has yet to be announced. So yeah, they they just announced Black Canary and uh, Huntress for their Birds of Prey movie. So what do you think of those choices? They could have done better. Their choices? Yeah, like... I don't know who Black Canary is, but it really doesn't matter because if they don't do it right, it, it... it could be anybody, you know, like, I mean, we saw it with Arrow, like, did the Black Canary, they did all weird as fuck, you know, and, but the, the actresses that they chose to play that weird telling of those characters, like, was fine, like, it wasn't, they could have gotten it, they literally could have just gotten anybody, you know? 
So yeah, and, and that's, I, I feel I, like that's Warner Brothers' approach for anything. Like, you know, for a character like the Joker, they're like, oh, we need Joaquin Phoenix, the weird motherfucker that goes all, you know. And then Jared Leto, oh, the weird motherfucker that goes all weird for his role. You know, like, he Ledger, oh, the weird motherfucker. You know, like, they do that for that, but they don't give that respect for Black Canary. Like, yeah, I mean, that that's that's how Warner sees his properties. You know, I don't know. I'm not saying she's not going to do a good job. I'm just saying, like, you want to draw people or you want to draw people. Like, nobody would give a fuck about that Joker if they got, like, a dude from General Hospital to do it, you know? I have, right. other, yeah, I have some other bird of prey news here. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly looking at Ian McGregor or Charlton Copley for Black Mask. So they yeah, are looking for again, either of them. So, yeah, they give a shit about that character but not Black Canary. So do you think any of these two actors is a good fit for Black Mask? No, they're both terrible. Well, like it or not, Listen, Warner Bros. is looking weird, at those two. I'm not two, super so. familiar with... I'm sorry, say that again, Jay? I'm not super familiar with Black Mask. I mean, I know him... Like, I know who he is. But I think my biggest Black Mask is, uh... Like, the one I know the best is from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh... The Jason Todd cartoon. Under the oh, Red Hood. Yeah. Which, that's the black mask I know, which is, you know, not necessarily the definitive. I mean, I he's, he's a mobster guy with a black mask. Like, you need somebody that can work through the mask. So, usually it's not a name, you know what I mean? You get lucky with a good actor, or you pay somebody like really high-end to play it, but if it's like Ewan McGregor and Charito Copley, like Charito Copley is like the goofy motherfucker from District 9, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, the A-T yeah. movie. I don't know who, I never saw that movie. Oh. It was okay. Was he good in like, it? Like, I wouldn't say go out and watch it, but if you did watch it, I don't think you'd be, like, disappointed. But was he good in it? Um, who was he, Murdoch? Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, no, he was, uh, ha- uh he was, yeah. like, the, cra- he was, like, the crazy guy, um. Yeah, that's Murdoch. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, he was fine in it. Yeah. Mhm. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see who they choose for uh, for that character. See, I would think they would they would use somebody like I would use somebody totally like that's has proven to be like a good actor that you wouldn't see in that role. You know what I mean? Like like a John Torturo or a. What's the other guy? He was in Transformers also, the the guy that's all weird looking. Um, I think I know who you're talking about. He was in that show, uh, I think, was it Prison Break? I think he was in Prison Break. 
that I didn't watch. Oh. I hear it's okay, though, at least the first couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hear it starts to get silly after a point. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, okay, and, and this next one, I'm gonna have to give you this link. Uh, oh, they... yeah. John Malkovich. John Malkovich should be the Black Mask. Like, that's a dude that can play the Black Mask with the mask and still, like, show off his range and, and be menacing without having to be, like, physically imposing. John Malkovich for Black Mask. See, that's what I'm talking about Warner Brothers. They don't know what the fuck they're doing with these, these movies. I've been saying it all episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Alright, so, uh, in other news, uh, AMC, I mean, Amazon is doing uh, a live-action series based on The Boys, and they just posted the first photo, which is a recreation of the cover of the first comic. I'm going to link it here in chat so you can see, because this is the first time you see the live-action version of these characters. So I wonder what you think of that. I never read The Boys, so it looks fine to me. And I can't see it because my computer's acting up. But I, I read The Boys. I didn't finish it, but I read. I got through at least like 50 issues. You're excited for the Prime show? Like, then, yeah. Like, I don't think it'll be like the comic, though. Yeah, but... So I, it's I, like... Like if if they do it right, then that's an amazing thing. But it's if they don't, then it's like, oh fuck. Okay. Uh... You know, it's probably going to end up like power, or powers. I mean, I hope not. Um, that was my biggest thing. Where it's like, if it's not a high quality show. Because Amazon is actually starting to make high quality shows now too, where they are actually like look good, feel good, sound good, you know, like not just the good story but good production behind it. And it's like if they decide to not go that way with, um, with boys, that's gonna do it a really big disservice. Yeah. Because it went that way with The Tick. The Tick was one of those shows that, that was, like, right when they weren't doing, like, high-quality shows. But then, like, the one movie they did make for theaters, like, won Academy Awards, so they got all this clout. So then every show after that was real good. But And then even The Tick, like, the, when they finished off the second season, like, was better than the first in terms of quality. Mm -hmm. It worked out pretty well for that. But I really hope that they've been talking about the boys for like five years. So hopefully they, they put in that money in it. Right. Okay. Uh, earlier you talked about Dark Horse. And apparently they'll be publishing a Minecraft graphic novel. For some reason. Yeah, I said that news story too. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, you said in the story. Okay, so I can skip that one. Let me see what else we got here. Uh, one uh, new sto- I got a new story right here. Um, you know, these motherfuckers in the news sites are flipping their pants at a, um, a Spider-Man's stealth suit, quote-unquote, being revealed in a production shot. Now, if you look at the picture, it's just a black suit with white eyes, like, behind a Ferris wheel. And then there's another picture where it looks like you see that the white eyes are actually goggles. And it's like, the leap these motherfuckers make, it's like, oh, it's the stealth suit from the Dan Slott's comic. Because guess what? When you put Spider-Man stealth suit, that's the first thing that comes up on Google Images. So that's what everybody's going with. And it fucking makes me sick because these motherfuckers probably don't even read the comics. They don't know that all the different suits that it could be because the shoulders look like the armored suit from the 90s. You know what I mean? But the goggles look like Spider-Man Noir. And the Spider-Man the, Noir... Uh, the dance slot stealth suit is already in the game. No, it's in the game, but this is for the movie. For um, Oh, for the movie. Yeah, for Far From Home. So, oh, yeah, I keep like, forgetting that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's kind of like, I guess because they played the game, they're like, oh, it's a stealth suit confirmed. It, you know, all the clickbaity headlines, stealth suit revealed. And it's like, no, it's just a dark picture of Spider-Man. Like, you don't know what the shot is. Like, maybe they're trying to go like a Frank Miller route where he's like blacked out and you only see his eyes. But you're getting it from a grainy cell phone camera that can't take night photos. But it does have, it looks like it has shoulder pads a little. Like the armored suit that's kind of on a dark, like if there's no light, it's not going to reflect light. You know what I mean? Because it's like silver mm-hmm. and black. You know, so if it's dark, you're just going to see the eyes. And then the goggles look like the like Spider-Man Noir, which is stupid to I have in like it. I love the suit. It's stupid to have in, in Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, right. But because, you know, he's already got like the iron spider suit and that's like a DIY like suit. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So the whole thing makes me sick. Like, I wish I never saw it. I got so mad that I posted a blog about it on allgames.com. You were so mad that, I mean, I mean, it was enough to make you post a blog. Okay. Yeah, it was enough to motivate me to do something. Okay. I mean, if I if I would have seen that picture with nobody telling me that it oh it's a stealth suit, I would have just been like, oh okay, it's it's Spider Man in the dark. Like we've all seen red comics where Spider Man's in the dark. The suit looks black. You know, like you look at any Mm -hmm. any random Todd McFarlane like panel where he's in the dark. This you just see his eyes. That's it. Like. It looks like that picture they showed, and he's still wearing the red, the classic suit. You know what I mean? Mm. All right. Okay. Yeah. I ha- yeah. Okay. I have another story here. Uh, this one you're gonna have to leave it as a rumor for now, so we don't know if it's true or not. But Wonder Woman 1984 rumor claims that Pedro Pascal is Maxwell Lord. One. Big mystery of Wonder Woman 1984 may now be solved, as some news reports are claiming to have identified the mysterious role that Kingpin and Game of Thrones star Pedro Pascal is playing in the film. 
According to those rumors, Pascal is playing DC Comics villain Maxwell Lord. Super Bro Movies is now confirming its early report which broke down character details for Pascal's mysterious role. In that confirmation, the fan site reports that Pascal is indeed Maxwell Lord as many fans suspected that this DC Extended Universe version of the character will be different than his comic book counterpart. Here's what SBM is now hearing. We hear this version of Maxwell Lord is more hammy than people would expect and it will be evident that they have gone with a more liberal take on the character. One thing that will differentiate him from his comic comic counterpart is the fact that he won't have the psychic powers that he sometimes wields in the comics. Uh, further speculation debunks rumors that Maxwell Lord will follow Ares in the first Wonder Woman as an undercover god hiding in human form. The update takeaway is that DCEU Maxwell Lord will be exploring the Greek gods and mysticism associated with them in order to transcend his mortal coil and become a god himself. It's maintained that Lord's mystical knowledge will allow him to have an active hand in resurrecting Chris Pine's Steve Trevor. Um, so what do you think? Well, first of all, I want to see what do you think about Maxwell Lord being an undercover god. I'm not familiar with the character. That's why I'm asking you. Big surprise. I, I mean, the, the shit sounds, to me, it sounds dumb. Like, a Maxwell Lord story should be pretty easy to do. It's pretty straightforward. You know what I mean? It shouldn't the have to have... The Supergirl, right? The TV show? Yeah. I haven't seen it. But if they uh, manage to get it right, like, should be pretty easy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, look, I, I, Wonder Woman 1984 is like an outlier in the DCEU because it's based on the movie that's good from the beginning, and all they could do now is just fuck it up. But yeah, it's just I thought the villain was Cheetah, but I guess that's not it. Well, it's still cheetah, but, you know, cheetah. Yeah, it's still cheetah, but that fact that they're adding another villain to this thing. <laughs> All right. Okay, I have. Let me see what else we got. I have some a bit of sad news here. Maybe you know this person. Kind of, uh, okay, it was announced earlier today that famed Batman artist Norm Bifrogo has passed away over the weekend. Bifrogo has was best known for six years he spent dedicated to drawing the co- the character Batman at DC Comics and years after when he would go on to intermittently reprise his role as illustrating The Dark Knight which also helming his own projects. Brian Fogel was also known for his six issue creator own work Metaphysicist 
metaphysic, I don't know how to pronounce any, which combine elements of virtual reality, the mystical, and superhero genre. Also of note was by Fogel's uh, entry in Malibu Comics, Ultraverse Line Prime, which focused on a teenage boy who could turn into an adult superhero. Yeah. So, are you, are you I like familiar Prime. with the artist? Yeah. Well, sorry he died. I'm more sorry for the people that have to mourn him because when you die, you finally get to rest, but the pain lives on. My thoughts go out to his family. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let me see what else we got here. Uh, On that note, you should just play the wrap-up music. We could end right there. That's a good point to end. Alrighty then. Tarek, give us a final thought. No final thought, Tarek? All right, Joe, give us a final thought. Um, said I had a final thought. Um, fuck, I forgot my final thought. I just had it. That's my final thought. That's going to be the title of this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, for Oz, who's busy with work. And Larry, who's fighting some unknown alien threat. I'd like to say that we have a lot of stuff to give out. We just don't know how to do it. So hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, fantasticforum at allgames.com. If you want free stuff, let us know. Like, our comics, we got, yeah, we got digital downloads. Too much stuff that we can't even use. So, follow us on all the social media. Hit us up, fantasticformalogians.com. Let us know what you want to hear a bitch about. And then uh, just be here next week, 6.30 PST, on allgames.com. <laughs>